<laughs> okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. NFL Week 13 preview. Six teams on the bye this week might be a relatively short slate, but let me tell you, the boys have been on fire all week with each other. It's been some good, uh, good chats. Wheeler's been stirring the pot. Um, it's we're gonna have it all tonight. I think I think it's gonna be a really high E episode, especially um as we get to some teams that we've been disagreeing on throughout the year. Blaine and Johnny join me as always. Excited to hear from them. Fun week last week. Um, we didn't get a preview out of last week, but there were some Thanksgiving games and a really fun slate last week with some big pivotal wins and losses throughout it. So we might talk about a little bit of a little bit about it here in the beginning with our uh, week 12 statement as we so lovingly changed it. But let's hear from the boys first. Johnny, let's start with you. Nursing a bit of an ankle, but seems to be slowly on the fast track to full health. I would say that your uh, status for this weekend availability is questionable, but you're going to be in the stadium. So I think you're going to have to be listed as a limited participant by Friday to play, I'd say. Yeah, I was limited in practice today, uh, tomorrow limited. Friday is going to be a full go with no injury designation this weekend because I'll be boots on the ground. Uh, we'll be in Lambeau for the game. It'll be me, my dad, uh, my sister, Annie, um, and then my wife, Emily. And so we're, we're calm. Uh, <laughs> sub chicks and we got uh, we got some friends from uh, college that we're gonna be meeting up with good buddy of mine's from Milwaukee big Packers fan lives in Florida now um, I think he's like a half-ass listener of the figure it out pod so shout out Alex uh, okay. if you are listening to this one but we'll, we'll, we'll run into him and then uh, my buddy Ryan who is a dedicated listener to the podcast from high school Ryan Waters um He'll be at the game too with his brothers. They're all redheads too, so we're bringing the red. We're bringing the red to, to Lambeau Field for Sunday Night Football. Super excited! My second time at Lambeau. Actually, I saw the Chiefs play there on Monday Night Football. Um, I think it was the last year with with uh, Alex Smith. And um, you know, don't really want to talk about it too much because you know, obviously, the Chiefs got the doors blown off of them. And small detail, I got too drunk on liquor and cried at, in the stadium, but uh, we won't, I mean, I got some cheese curds out of it, so that's good. Like it was, it was still good. So uh, pump for the podcast, smaller slate with the teams on the buy, but this is the last mega buy of the season. So it's full steam ahead to playoff season. Johnny, did I hear you correctly before Blaine goes that this is going to be your second time at Lambeau? Yeah. Second, second time. time. Yeah. Wow. Second, Impressive. Second time seeing the chiefs at night at Lambeau. Wow. Yeah. First time. How cold. First one was Monday night, right? The the first time was a Monday night football game. It was probably like fifty degrees, and oh. it was and it was raining the mm. whole time. We took a bus from Milwaukee to the stadium, and we each brought a water bottle of clear liquor onto this bus and got hammered, and then went to a tailgate. And it, this whole big thing um, had way too much to drink that time, and then the Chiefs lost, so it was really frustrating, but. Um, Lambeau is awesome. It's Green Bay, Wisconsin is hilarious. It's in the stadium is like in the middle of a very standard middle class three bedroom, two house neighborhood. That's it's like, seriously, like you turn on Raleigh street and then bam, there's this giant stadium. And since I've been there, they've built like a, in Kansas city, we have this power and light district, right? Ballpark village type thing. St. Louis, they built something out there called title town. 
So we're going to check that out, and it's it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Forecast is calling for about 32 to 34 degrees earlier Perfect. in the Earlier in the week, it said it was going to be raining or snowing. That's now moved to the early morning of that of Sunday. So, like, maybe it'll snow in the morning, and then we'll go to the game. Ideally, there's fat snowflakes falling from the sky during the game. But I'm pumped, guys, obviously, as you can tell. That would be sick. Blaine, what's up, buddy? I mean, I'm not going to be in Green Bay. That would be probably <laughs> one of my favorite memories. I got married this year. There'd probably be two behind that. I mean, that sounds amazing, Johnny. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean Bears basketball is on my side TV right now. It's a great yeah. time of the year. Valley basketball is starting uh, late in the year. Football, we're getting some buys. Like, I feel like this time of the year, buys, I'm like, man, it, it kind of seems late. But it happens. It's throughout yeah. the year. It happens. And, um yeah, Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs got a big one. That uh, Green Bay's kind of rolling as we're talking about this game a little bit early in this podcast. But Green Bay looked good last week. It'll be a tough test for the Chiefs. Uh, I, I don't have a whole lot to say other than one one fun fact, just in my personal life. Snow here in Kansas City. My lights just stopped working on my house, and I need somebody. Johnny paid some people to get his lights done and all that. You know, I'm not that status. I can't go to Green Bay and get my lights done, so I got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to have to get on the roof and figure out how to fix my lights, and it's probably colder in Kansas City than it is in the tundra up there on Sunday morning. Honestly. But uh, <laughs> No, Blaine, I don't know. Blaine, you could just have a bulb undone. You might have to screw one in. It might all light up. Yeah, might have to ask Twitter, figure it out Twitter to figure it out for me. But the other, the problem with that is you might have to screw every light bulb. It could be the last <laughs> one you go to. So that would be brutal. But uh, yeah, it's like Pat with the ball. Chiefs wide. Sorry, it's like Pat with the Chiefs wide receiving core. Really got to figure out which bulb's not working. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, great comparison. Um, on your Missouri Valley point, weird. Um, the Missouri Valley has been doing this recently. They'll this is a Valley game, as you said, but they won't play another one until like the end of December. Um, I do like they've mixed in the early one. That's what makes this game so big. They're not. They, I don't think they play Missouri Valley teams for the rest of the year from now. No way. No, they have Drake Saturday, Chandler. Yeah, but it's it's just this weekend. It's just this oh okay, weekend. and then after that they pause and go non-con. Right. Yes. Okay. They, they do two early ones. Then they will be. They will play more non-cons. If I have my facts correct, I could, no. That sounds right. But I, I'm pretty sure that they do it differently because the Ohio Valley. Doesn't start till the end of December. December 29th, I believe, is the first game. So maybe get a little jump in on on. Conference. Honestly, that's a great point. I just I have the schedule right here. I did consider at some point earlier. I was like, man, this is an early start to Valley play, but you know maybe yeah. they just have to do that. So they got Drake on Saturday, and then Huge they go game. middle. Then then next week is Middle Tennessee. Oh, the Blue Raiders. Then on Saturday, they host Sam Houston State. Then they go to Tulsa, host Lindenwood. Then they play St. Mary's. So, yeah, they've got um, all of December, other than the Drake game, uh, is non-conference. And then they start in January against UNI. That Drake game Saturday is going to be so awesome. I want to go to Des Moines so bad. Just have to get on a good start, but we're talking the ear off non-Missouri State alums. So (laughs) We're going to update throughout the game. The second half is about to start in Springfield, but let's do our Week 12 statement real quick. Um, We we took a week off, so I don't remember what the order was, so I'm going to go first. Blaine's going to go second, and Johnny's going to go last tonight for the Week 12 statement. So my Week 12 statement, and I'm going to start it off, 
maybe piss the boys off a little bit. But the Pittsburgh Steelers are seven and four. Um, first game after firing their offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, they go for a season high. I think it was like 455 total yards or something like that. Um, Kenny Pickett, 278 yards passing. They didn't score a touchdown, but first game with a new OC, getting more yards. Like, I work with a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He feels optimistic. I'm riding with my guy, Anthony. You can't apologize for being seven and four. And while, yes, earlier in the season, I was all over Kenny Pickett. I was still high on Pittsburgh Steelers as a team. So I'm not backing down off of this. This team has a legit chance to make the playoffs. And if you go back and listen to the AFC North preview, I would imagine that I was around seven and four through week 12 when we were doing our record prediction segment of the summer. So I'm feeling good about my Pittsburgh Steelers. This defense is nasty. It hasn't been playing as great of late. 10 points to the Bengals are no, no burrow but still division rival. Give it to me, Pittsburgh. Onward, Steelers. You got a favorable schedule coming up um, these next couple of weeks as well. So I love the Pittsburgh Steelers at 7-4, and four, and that's my Week 12 statement. Blaine. Yeah, that looks like it's going to work out for you on a goddamn miracle, but it does, so flowers. But my statement is the fact that the Chargers are the best, what are they, 4-8, and 4-7? Three and seven, whatever they are. Um, sorry for not knowing that off the top of my head. But the best four and seven football team I've probably ever seen in my entire life. I mean, they had the Ravens beat last week, down three, ball on their side of the football field with two minutes to play, and they just can't win football games, guys. They can't. I, it, it's shocking. The only game that they have absolutely got blown out by was the Chiefs at home at Arrowhead. Other than that, they lost to the Cowboys by three. Um, Raiders, they beat, they beat the Vikings. They lost to the Titans by three, Dolphins by two. Like it's just been an abysmal year in one score games for Staley. And it's probably because of all that we've said over the last three years. They can't win close games. But going down the stretch, I don't want to play them. And I don't know who wants to. They got Patriots, Broncos, Raiders, Bills. They could win all four of those. Broncos again. They could win all five of those. You never know. Like the Chargers are one of those sneaky teams that you're gonna have to look out for. And if it's a close game, they could still make the playoffs. There is a chance that they still make the playoffs. And it just is crazy how bad but good the Chargers are. It doesn't make any sense. I hate them, but it's crazy. They're a playoff. My my statement is that they might squeak in, guys, because of the quarterback with the Bengals, Browns, and a lot of these teams on the edge. The the Colts are not very good. Like the Chargers are better than all three of those football teams. Blame. Right now. What's more likely? Three teams from the AFC North make it or the Chargers make it? Probably the Chargers because they have a quarterback and an offense that can fucking make get 10 yards. Like it, it seriously might happen. Seriously. But it might happen. PJ Walker has been bad. Browning, bad. Like I'm not betting on any of those two teams in the North for the rest of the getting year. Better. Yeah. <laughs> Canada, God, that's such a lucky pick by you. But, yeah, that does play into it. <laughs> Come on, Steelers. But let me tell you what the Chargers don't have compared to the others, the three teams in the AFC North that have the potential to make the playoffs. Defense. Their defense is horrible. Yeah. The Chargers' defense is horrible. Johnny, I'd like for you to touch on that a little bit. You hate the Chargers and Brandon Staley just as much as I do. Wheeler is the only one that likes them. You know, I think this is the first time I've ever gone third on <laughs> on this segment. So this is a this is new for me. So yeah, I get to talk on both of these points. Blaine says that 
the Chargers are the best four and seven team, right, in the league. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, the Steelers are the worst seven and four team I've ever seen. <laughs> so, Chandler, how many yards did they have? Uh, I thought – Okay, they still scored 16 points, which is lower than their 16.5 point per game average. And their offense sucks. So I don't care how many yards you get, you still got to score points. First game, new OC. It was their fourth lowest point total of the season, and they're the Steelers. Like, I don't, I, they are such a well co- head coached team, um, and they know what they are, but they don't they don't intimidate me in the slightest. I mean, this team is, they, they are hoping that they, they need TJ Watt to score a touchdown every game. So I, I, you know, respect both of you don't respect either of these takes from you guys. I mean, the chargers Blaine, <laughs> the chargers. I mean, are we going to do this daily thing again? Guys, or- I, I see. This is the thing. Like whenever I say like, Oh, no, don't try to blame <laughs> us for saying this about you. Wheeler. I don't ever blame you guys saying about the Steelers. I, yeah, but I just see it. Okay. Whatever. I won't go there, see? but I see it. How no, I'm going. Okay. I see it. How it is. The chargers are really like, they're a good football team, but they're like, they're bad in some way. Like that's the same the point. Steelers I'm- are a good football team. They just don't have a, they don't have that good of a quarterback. I still think he's good. All right, let's let's play this hypothetical. Chargers, oh. Steelers, who wins? Hypothetical. Okay. Chandler, Steelers. I know you too. Johnny, what do you think? You say the question again. Who wins, Chargers, Steelers, in a matchup this week? Where's the game? Neutral field. Let's say Kansas City. Meet them in the middle. <laughs> yeah, the Chargers win the game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But if it's in Pittsburgh, the Chargers get – blown out by 17 you know or they lose by three because they can't get a first down because staley calls a fucking slant on fourth and one to or because tj watt is breaking justin herbert's ribs the chargers are here's how i would say they are a very talented football team and they but they are a bad football team because like they are so poorly coached um Dude, for the defense to be that bad, they, they've spent the second most money in the league on defense, and that they have a, it's it's a liability on all fronts for them. Bosa's hurt, so that's what I think about the Chargers playing. They're Bears basketball for the last three years. It's the Chargers. <laughs> it's Dan Ford and Brandon Staley. Honestly, it's a great comp. That yeah. is a great comp. I really like uh, that comp too. Wow. Okay, so my um, I had two. The, We'll, we'll just see how this goes. Um, I just think that I'm now realizing, I think I get to this point every single year, but I, this year feels different. We are now at the point where I'm realizing how many different coaches there are going to be in the league next year. I think there's a, there are a lot of impatient owners um, right now. Obviously we've seen what, what's already happened in, in Carolina. Um, you, you'd think that their interim special teams coach is not going to be that the long-term solution the Raiders of course have an interim head coach already you know you go down the line and this is just off the top of my head uh teams that I wouldn't you know I'll just say teams that I would not put a sharpie check mark next to them they're not making any changes right Buffalo question mark right the Jets the Patriots you know like this is not crazy to me Bengals fans are furious with Zach Taylor 
right now. And when you have someone like Burrow, like there's just no patience, right? Like if the Chiefs had a a season like the Bills, people would be calling for Andy Reid's head. That's I mean, that that's I'm just saying stuff like that. And then you go down the line, guys, like there's people probably already talking about Tennessee with Vrabel, obviously the Chargers, the the Raiders. Washington people hate Dable right now in New York and he's just been their head coach for this is his second season um the the Bears are obviously a mess and then the whole NFC South is a joke so I mean you know we are now in the hot seat I think zone and the seats more seats than usual um feel hot to me and you could say a lot about the quarterback position too you know the 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 Patriots I saw this today um I guess this is what we'll call my takeaway is that the league is going to look a lot different next year. And I'm realizing it already right now. Mac Jones just didn't practice today for the Patriots. It was Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. Mac Jones just stood on the sideline. They were just like, okay, Mac, you've been benched four times this season. You're just done. Yeah. So I just think it's going to look a lot different. And that, you know, my second point is the obvious add-on to that is the quarterback position is in such yeah. a disarray, too, along with head coaches, that it's nuts. Like, you, you'd think in the NFL that they would have that figured out. And that's what kind of pisses me off about the state of the league is it should be. I mean, there should be a lot more competitive teams than there are. And halfway through the year, it's, well, like, you know, we'll go through this slate. Well, you're probably going to get beat because you don't have a quarterback. Like, it just sucks. It sucks. And it's also really interesting when you think about what this draft class has and it's quote unquote a really good quarterback draft class, but man, some of these organizations, some of these teams, I don't know if these guys are going to be able to turn around these franchises. I don't think they have that in them. Just watching a lot of college football, but that's more of an off season topic. We'll get into that. But great point, Johnny and Blaine too, with the quarterbacks and the and the head coaches. You're right, Johnny. You really are. And you just can't trust. You can't. You can't really trust. I don't trust anyone that's like, this is a great quarterback class um, fully. I mean, I can listen to what people are going to say about that, but everybody said that about the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance class too, Fields, right? Mac. And that class, other than Trevor, who was 1.1, you know, like it's been very underwhelming. And so who's to say that the Drake Mays are going to be really good, right? J.J. McCarthy is getting first-round buzz now. Jaden no. Daniels has shot up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, they're, they're, people are now including, like, six or seven quarterbacks in this first round. And, look, by all metrics, Caleb Williams uh, looks like the can't-miss prospect. I, I don't even know as much about him, though, anymore. I mean, you know, great. The Bears are going to probably have the first overall pick because Carolina traded that to them who's to say that anyone going to the bears is going to be good. I mean, is Justin Fields going to look good with Navy blue na- fingernail paint. I don't know. Or, I don't know. Or would CJ Stroud be good with those weapons in Carolina with that battle line? Probably not. Like there's so many factors too. Like who knows? That's what I hate about the draft class thing. Yeah. If anybody's obviously we love the draft, but like it's so it's way it's way too early right now. Um, actually it's funny. The draft is in April, which doesn't seem like it's that far away now that it's gotten cold, but you know, if I'm if I'm any team right now in the draft, that's like I kind of like the spot we're in. <clears throat> it's going to be the Cardinals because the Cardinals, Kyler Murray looks like he's doing okay. They didn't have a great game last week, but they're looking like the prime team to just fall into Marvin Harrison Jr. Like yeah. the can't miss pick. So, um, one last side thing too, and this, I mean, we're just having a lot of fun here. The other thing that I was going to say is I don't buy any of the Rodgers coming back stuff. No, Aaron Rodgers' twenty-one day window opened up. He's less. He's 
79 days post Achilles tear. Um, the Jets stink. I think that this is just Aaron Rodgers trying to be like, you know how he's very anti-medicine. I think yeah. Aaron's just going to, he's just going to look like he can come back and play. And then at the end of the 21 days, be like, oh, well, the Jets aren't even in contention. Why would I come back and play? I'm going to focus on next year. Oh, by the way, modern medicine, you don't have shit on me. That's what I think Rodgers is doing. I totally agree, Johnny. Looked like Blaine might have had something, though. So. No, I, I did. I have Rodgers on my IR just, like, waiting for it. But then I looked at their schedule as you were saying this. Falcons, Texans, Dolphins in their next three doesn't look good like he's not going to come back like you're saying if they lose all three of those and they very easily could week 12 statement off to a hot start let's get into week 13 the boys are fired up great thursday night football game to start this slate off seattle seahawks are going to travel to dallas the seattle seahawks a nine point underdog on the road that seems like a lot um to me and just because i think seattle when they're on, they're on, but man, they look bad last week on Thursday night football, especially at home against San Francisco. I know San Francisco is one of the best teams in the NFC, but at home on Thanksgiving night, you would have expected a little bit better effort from Seattle, and they just did not have it. And Dallas, by all metrics, just annihilated the commanders. Kind of interesting, both these teams, not a mini buy as most would think because it's just a week break because uh, they both played last Thursday. So I think that's of note. This is just a normal game to me. Cowboys are the better team. They're playing well. Dak's playing well. CD Lamb is, uh, I, I don't know how, but I swear he's underrated. I mean, I know people are giving him a lot of buzz right now, but I still, maybe on this podcast, he's been underrated Um, and we need to give him his flowers. They're playing at a high level right now. And Dallas is kind of like the third t- most talked about team in the NFC right now. And they're playing great football. I think Seattle's walking into a bad spot here. I need a good night from DK talking fantasy. I know nobody cares, but could use a good night from DK. He's got a tough matchup with Seattle or with Dallas's defense. I'm all over the Cowboys here. And honestly, I'm feeling kind of frisky to start this one off. I'll take Dallas minus nine for the pod. Send it in. Johnny, you go first tonight. I'm with you on Dallas on this one. I I, I entertained Seattle covering here. I, I would be way more into that if this game was in Seattle. But with this game being in Dallas and the, the Cowboys literally being um, as healthy as they can be, right now everybody was a full participant. Micah didn't practice yesterday, but it was just an illness. He was full today. So um, I, I just – I, I I would struggle to bet against Dallas here. A couple weeks ago, I made a point about my thoughts about Geno. He's, he's been real bad since. And now his arm injury didn't help him at all. But the ball is not looking great coming out of his hand right now. Uh, Kenneth Walker is not going to play in this game. He's doubtful. So um, they tried. They, he didn't play last week. They tried to get Charbonnet going. He averaged less than three and a half yards a carry or something. I think it was like 14 for 47. And so um, just a young player still trying to get moving. Their offensive line is beaten up. They had um, backup tackles in last week. And so I I just – I'd love to bet Seattle plus nine here. I just don't think I have the stomach to do it. 
Yeah, I want to too, but it's clear that Seattle's not the same team without Kenneth Walker. And especially with the O-line not being as good as they've been over the last couple of years with them back there. I mean, it's just it's it's not the same. JSN hasn't got going like we have wanted him to either. That was a guy that I I loved early on that I think I'm missing on. Maybe there's something that comes along, but I'm he just did not have seeing an it. Unreal one-handed catch. I mean, he's a great ball player, but they yeah. just can't get him going. And there's a certain aspect of that if Kenneth Walker's not back there and their offensive line is not good enough well it's really hard to get JSN going too along with that I mean it just they don't have that full dual threat can run it can throw it type of team that you usually see out of Seattle in a a Pete Carroll type of offense and that's what's bad about Seattle is they're a great football team guys but Dallas at home five and oh on the spread this whole year they win at home and they cover at home they're tough to beat whenever you get in the Jerry Dome, and I think they're going to dominate Seattle. This is a huge game in the NFC, sneaky huge game in the NFC, and I think Dallas has got to come out and and dominate them. And I, I have a tough time betting against it. I'll go, I'll go Dallas too, guys. Nine though is not nine against Seattle. Seattle's a good football team, guys. Like a good football team, and we're just laying nine across the board here. It's crazy. Yeah, I- I can't with Gino, man. I just, I yeah. Gino plus an arm injury plus Jerry World. Right. If this game was in Seattle, the line would what? What do you guys think? Six and a half. That's probably about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And right. I take Seattle there, but I no. Dak's playing really well too. Yeah, and Seattle's gone. I'm reading a stat here: three and out on forty percent over their of their drives across the span when Gino's been banged up. Thirtieth in the league. So that's, that's just they're not the same football team right now. They they can't get going offensively and. If you, you put that on a Dallas front, Dallas defense, you're not going to win football games. Starting the Sunday slate, Blaine's Los Angeles Chargers are going to travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots. And if this says anything about the Chargers, I don't know what does, but they, the best 4-7 and seven team in NFL history, are only six-point favorites on the road against, honestly, if it wasn't for the Carolina Panthers, would be the worst team in the NFL. This New England Patriots team is an absolute joke coming off of a 10-7 to loss to the New York Giants last week in MetLife. Um, but unfortunately, I know ball, and the Chargers are technically better than the Patriots, even though I don't think it's that much more. So I think you're a fool to, to, uh, to, to take a, or pick against the Chargers. But, guys, who's to say? Who is to say that Bilicek dials it up against Herbert and somehow Zappy taking a full week uh, uh, team one reps doesn't come out and keeps us within the number? I feel frisky tonight after starting out one for one on frisky. Oh, I'm Jesus going against Blaine God here, Christ. and I'm going to take the Patriots plus six. They're not going to win. The Chargers are going to win the football game, Blaine. I'm not saying they're not going to, but – Foxborough, I I haven't looked at the weather. Feels like it might be shitty weather. Chargers got to go across the across the country. That's a 10 a.m. start for them. This feels like a team that's affected by that. Staley is definitely a guy that would get affected by jet lag. He is an asshole. I'm not picking them. Patriots plus six. Give it to me all day, Wheeler. You're not oh, yeah. me out of it. What's well, bet against Staley because you hit it your hit on your wife at the bar because he's an asshole, but he ain't gonna win a football game. That's dumb, dude. The Chargers are a way better football team. 
a way better football team. I mean, what what we've seen out of the Patriots over this first 12 weeks of the football season has been absolutely fucking horrific. They had low expectations, and they have not been able to meet them. And you're going to tell me that Belichick is going to go into a quarterback room with Mac Jones just disappearing from earth. Bailey Zappi, hey, it's yours. Here you go. Lamar Jackson in this Baltimore Ravens offense last week did not do very good against this horrible Chargers defense. I mean, Chargers looked pretty good last week. They had a chance to win that football game against Baltimore with two minutes to play. Ball on their own fifth or on their own 49, driving third and two. They just completely lost their shit and lost a football game. But they, they, I would say they should have won that football game. Baltimore, New England. You're telling me that New England can play with this high powered Chargers offense. Not going to happen. I think the Chargers are just a completely better football team. I could see a point to where it's maybe within seven, but within. Six, I mean, under a touchdown, I'm going Chargers all day, every day. Um, yeah, not close. Chargers dominate them. <laughs> Chandler, you had an absolutely hysterical breakdown of uh, Brand Staley there. My favorite part was when you said that the jet lag and Staley is an asshole. So <laughs> I, I just, I, I love it. I mean, yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. Um Okay, a few stats here just while I form my opinion of this game. Um, Herbert is 0-2 against Belichick in his career. Um, 50% completion percentage, two touchdowns, four picks. So not good numbers against Belichick um, in the past. Obviously different teams, but uh, Keenan Allen didn't practice with a quad injury. And, of course, Mike Williams is out. And I think we are also realizing – um, as Chiefs fans, I think we actually already knew this, but league-wide, people are really becoming woke to how good Mike Williams is. I mean, big Mike Williams is a damn good player, and they're obviously a different team without him. It seems that they have horrifically missed on Quentin Johnston. Um, you know, there's only like three receivers in the league with a lower um, with like a lower grade uh, than than Quentin Johnston. So that's that's not real, good. Can I real quick pause you, Johnny? Yeah. We were all pretty high on wanting Quentin Johnston. Too. Oh, yeah. It does go to show that sometimes, like, I know Veach hasn't hit well on the wide receiver, um, you know, position, but, geez, like, it seems like we dodged a bullet there. And what's weird, too, is that he was working out with Mahomes in Texas. Remember, we were thought we were all bought in. Yeah, the pictures came up of him there, and we didn't know who it was. Or we, we, we were talking about it. And then later, pictures of Rasheed Rice came up, and we didn't know who that was. And so that was kind of an interesting uh, little bit there. Um, and we'll get to the Chiefs later, of course. But, yeah, that's a good point about Beach and, and Quentin Johnston. And, um, you know, obviously Rasheed Rice just had his best game, but it's looking like it's a really good pick. He's – um, I think the only receiver with more yards than him at, for rookies right now is Jordan Addison. You know, he's got more than Zay Flowers. Rasheed's got like five touchdowns. Rasheed Rice looks like a damn good player. And, um, I don't want to take all that from later. But anyways, back to this game, Patriots and, and, and Chargers. New England is 31st in the league in scoring, 13 points per game. The Chargers, amidst this horrible season, are still eighth at 24 points per game. All right, so that's, you know, a nine-point difference. That would cover your spread right there just based off of the averages. And we don't know who's going to be the quarterback um, on Sunday. And so 
now that I've word saladed this, right, on one side we have Herbert, who's had a bad career so far against Belichick, um, and it's on the road. On the other hand, the Patriots have not decided on their quarterback um, and, and uh, are, have been inept all season. So with all of that, I cannot in good faith place money on potentially Malik Cunningham, so I'll take the Chargers in this spot. One last point is the Higginsville Huskers high school football team could probably stop this New England Patriots offense. I mean, <laughs> they've scored on 32% of um, – what, no, I got that stat wrong. I'm sorry. But they're it's 31st dang. in the league in scoring. I mean, it's it's horrible. They don't score. They can't score. No Mac Jones, and Mac Jones was their only pulse. And they, they throw an interception, I think, on what, a fourth of their drives? It's ridiculously bad. Ridiculously bad. Is Zappy the answer? No. Is Malik no. the answer? No. Somebody's They're going to wish for a top draft pick and wish for a guy, and I think that the it's going to be so clear. Chargers are going to roll. Sorry. The, the, the only, I guess if I'm going to play devil's advocate and think of like what I would think would be, you know, like the unforeseen Belichick chess move potential elite outcome for them is if – they just announced they're going to start Malik Cunningham and build off of the good Ramondre game last week and run the ball 40-something times and let Malik throw it, like, seriously five times. Like that game when they played the Bills and um, they only threw the ball, like, two or three times in the wind. Like, they just run, like, some, like, triple option Navy football stuff with Malik Cunningham and slow the game down and, like – Try to win possessions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, and the, the stat I was trying to read is that they have the fewest red zone attempts this so far this year in the league, by like by far. It's not even close. So, the, I mean, they're not even getting to the red zone. 21% of their drives end up past the 20-yard line, 20%. It's ridiculously bad. Should be interesting. That game has a lot riding on it. Real quick Missouri State update, 65-43 Bears with 10.09 left at the media timeout. Um, been some highlight dunks in the second half, some big threes. Chance Moore had one at the top of the key. Bears are looking good. If they hold on here, they're going to be 6-1. and one, But something tells me Evansville's got us right where they want us. Oh, God. It sickens me. But let's get back to football. Dolphins are going to travel to the Commanders. Um, Dolphins off a of bye. Commanders off of a humiliating performance on Thanksgiving, just absolutely throttled by Dallas in Dallas. Ron Rivera is a joke. Um, I, I I feel bad for Sam Howell. I feel bad for some of these quarterbacks that are in just bad positions. Like I, I don't really get the commanders because they're one of those teams that's their roster feels like it's good every week outside of their trades that they've made with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Their offensive roster feels like it's pretty good, but it just stinks, guys. It stinks. Um, now, the only thing that I think could potentially screw the Dolphins would be if it's a nasty day in Annapolis or Rao John, Maryland, whatever it is, and it's bad weather and the it's cold and the Dolphins just play shitty. But if even with that, Dolphins are good off a bye. They're going to be schemed up. Um, It's just, it's just too much. Dolphins minus nine and a half at Washington over under 49 and a half. That's kind of interesting to me. Um, Dolphins have some key injuries though on defense after their Friday. um, Excuse me. They were on a bye. They played on the, on black Friday. Uh, Jaden, Jaden Phillips out. And I think out for a long period of time. Am I wrong on that guys? 
Sorry, Jen. Not sure. I know that he. I know that he. Uh, he banged up his knee because of the MetLife turf has been the big buzz. That's a big loss. Not. Are that you talking big. about the defensive end that tore his Achilles? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was carted off. Yeah. yeah exactly no, I don't think. Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Okay. Yeah, good. Jalen Phillips. I well, think not is good, it. but that's that's what I was talking about. That's a big loss for the Dolphins, but in this spot, not that big of a deal. Dolphins all the way here, minus nine and a half, Johnny. Yeah, this game to me, um, and now you've got my mind on that injury, Chandler. They did the slow-mo. You can literally see the guy's Achilles snap. Like you it's and it like reverberates through his calf. It is brutal. Um, yeah, they gotta get that turf out of there. Anyways, um this game is just like hilarious to me. I don't know why I think this is a funny matchup of teams. Like this feels to me like this is a random af- like early afternoon bowl game that we're going to get coming up like a like a Northwestern versus Toledo in the Duluth tr- Company Bowl game. That's what this feels like to me. Um and I, I really am losing what little respect I had for the commanders every, every week. We, we, we talked about this before the year a bunch. Um, I was out on them early, but you guys did make some compelling cases. And Howell has looked way better than I thought. I mean, I thought it was going to be a mess, like a Mac Jones, Zach Wilson. This guy clearly can't play in this league. He can play in this league. What I, what I think I've been saying, and I think it, 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 it looks true right now, is I just don't think he's ever going to consistently win in this league. And now to his defense, Rivera is so stale and old and needs to go. I'm not sure Biennemi is going to be their answer. I really don't know what they're, what they're going to do there. Curious if you guys have any opinions on that. But I just think it's, it's, it's bleak right now. Um, on, the, on the Miami side, though, I, 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 I do see some chinks in the armor. They, they have scored less and less the last few weeks. I mean, only 20 points, I think, last week. Didn't look great. The weather's starting to get colder, and we've just seen Tua not play as well with the weather, right? Tua, for Tua to be at his best, he needs to be in a clean pocket. Um, the weather needs to be warm, and everything needs to be perfectly on time. And as football goes on, this is why football is such a great sport, that shit just doesn't happen. Things aren't ideal. You know, you go outside and, and the weather hurts. And the, the candy-ass teams like the Dolphins, I think, don't really thrive in, in that environment. So crazy thing, I know. But I think I'm going to take Washington. I, really? I like Washington just to cover wow. in this spot. I like yeah. them to cover in this spot. Just – I haven't looked at the forecast, but – I think it could get ugly, and I just don't trust Miami as we get further into the season like this. Um, could, go ahead, yes, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it could play into it. It's going to be rainy into, from Friday on, really kind of across – it seems like across the country because Kansas City will be a little bit messy too throughout the East Coast. So you could see a lot of rain in a lot of the games we're talking about. But my thing here is if it is rainy and it is mucky, yeah, I could get it, but – Washington with okay, maybe they're better. They fired Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, this week. Does that change things? Sometimes it does in the NFL. Sometimes it just completely tanks it. And especially after losing two of their best players on the defensive line, it plays into Johnny what you're talking about. If Tua can sit there and be clean in the pocket, well, 
Who does Washington have that can give Tua trouble? Nobody. Even when they had guys like Chase Young, they are still giving up league-high 16 touchdowns outside of the red zone. Who is the best at scoring touchdowns outside of the red zone on, on the offensive side of the football? Miami. Big play against the worst big play defender in the NFL. It's just a bad matchup for Washington. Yes, Washington might be able to score the football here. We, you know, the Phillips thing's a good point. Um, how good is Miami's defense really? We don't know yet. We'll find out. But I, I don't know. I have a I have a really tough time betting commanders here. Just I, commanders to there's a lack of home field advantage here. I mean. When you play at FedEx Field, you have to feel really bad going into that place every Sunday on a home game. They're 0-4-1 at home against the spread. And maybe outright, I haven't looked at that stat, but I feel like they may be outright worst at home of any NFL team this season. Miami's going to go in there off the bye, throw some things at at this commander's defense with no defensive coordinator, and there's no reason you should bet the commanders here, and I think Dolphins are going to handle the football game. It feels awful. It feels like one of those bets, though, that is like it has to feel awful for you. Yeah. Like it, 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 it doesn't feel good. And I've heard it, some people say in the past, like those are the ones that you kind of just have to nut up and go for. And so this is this is that one. I kind of regret it already, but fuck it. That that's the two games like losing Del Rio for Washington at the defensive coordinator position. Does that defense turn around and play super hard and look good? Same. We'll talk about Carolina here in a few games, but like but there's so much unknown when shit like that happens within an organization. Does that fire up the players and do they play so much better? It's hard to tell. It's a hard it's to looking to like they really missed on that Forbes kid too, which I thought that was going to be a right good pick. out of Maryland, right? Games early on, and uh, was it Man. Maryland or was it? Yeah, I can't remember where he went. But anyways, he's already gotten, like, benched this year. You know, that's not good. You know, at least, like, you know, we have the excuse right now with Felix and Anubike Ozama not playing very much that it's a stacked room, you know? What do you? What excuses do you have for the Emmanuel Forbes pick that he can't play over Benjamin St. Juiced? No. Right. Who the hell's that? You know who went for over 150 on Forbes? Rashi Rice. Fun fact, yeah. Oh, wow, oh, in really? college. Yep, in college. Last year, Rashid went for a huge game against Forbes, one of his biggest um, give-ups all of all last year. I remember talking about it preseason, but next year. I love that. Um, this matchup might be the best matchup that we've talked about so far. Two of the hottest teams in the AFC, one coming off a huge win and one coming off a bad loss. The Denver Broncos are going to travel to Houston and take on the Houston Texans. Texans minus three and a half at home, which is very interesting to me, um, considering how well Denver has been playing of recent. Um, Texans last week in a scrap with Jacksonville, but couldn't quite get over the line. C.J. Stroud made some really bad rookie mistakes late in that game, um, and especially on the final drive of the game, two big sacks by the good Josh Allen in the NFL. Um, it's it's interesting to me, how does Houston respond here? I do believe in Houston. Stroud boys unite, me and Wheeler on that all day. But I, I don't know what to make of Denver. Denver has been good. Denver has been good, but man, they seem to have been catching teams at the right time. They played the Bills when they were down. They played uh, 
Cleveland at home with DTR making a start, gets knocked out, P.J. Walker in. Like, some of these are games that have been really favorable matchups for Denver. I don't think this is a favorable matchup for Denver. This is a good offense right now, and it's going to be a clash of of two teams in the AFC that are looking to make those final spots in the playoffs as we sit here today on November 29th. Um, I'm going to take Houston because I hate Denver. Um, Houston at home, let's go Stroud, and that's all I got. I'm going to go Denver, Chandler. I I think Denver is one of these teams that they made the gamble to stay with their guys, and I think it's worked. I think it's worked really well. I I think throughout the first part of the year, everybody, oh, Denver sucks, Russ sucks. No, Russ has been pretty good, guys. Just not turning over the football. Denver leads the league in plus 11-point turnover uh, and turnover percentage uh, during the span of since week six. Like since week six, when they decided to make that point, they're winning football games handily. Their defense is taking care of the ball. They're turning other teams over, and Russ is doing a good job. And that's a simple fact. And weird matchup on the other side of what you're saying, Stroud versus this Denver secondary. Stroud has looked so good, guys. But this is a point to where I'm really making a massive decision on Stroud on this game. Does he look good against I, – I would call Denver a top-five defense in the NFL right now with the way their secondary is playing. And if he can take care of the football and beat Denver, more flowers to you. But this is a game that's a really tough matchup for Stroud. And, guys, Denver's sneakily becoming a playoff football team, and this is a game that they can win. Um, at Houston, tough game. that Houston's crowd will probably be there because they're feeling it a little bit more than they have in the last however many years um, since Deshaun Watson was there. But – Three and a half. I like three and a half. I think it'll be a three-point game. I think it's going to be close. And I think Russ makes plays to keep them in it. Russ has been doing a great job, and I'll give him everything he has, has earned. Real quick before Johnny goes, what the hell are these messages I'm reading? I'm milking what, Wheeler? Your C.J. Stroud take. I mean, oh, I insane. Johnny, back me up. I mean, I you're was literally Stroud. insane. I was yeah, with no. you in the preseason. And what? Okay. <laughs> You're you don't want me on your team. This is why I never want to go. No, I want to be on your team. I want to be on your team. No, you know, you're chirping me in the chat, and now all of a sudden (laughs) it's in the episode. (laughs) No, I have been on Stroud since week one. What are you talking about? Go Uh, back and listen. Go uh, back and listen. I I, did you name him your rookie of the year? No, I did not. Okay, that's it. That's all I need. I don't think I did. See, that's it right there. Chandler has been on Stroud since week one. Blaine has been on Stroud since the pre-draft podcasts. Blaine is the Stroud boy. That's very fair. Chandler saw an advertisement for the Stroud bus, and he bought a ticket. Blaine is driving the bus. Blaine bought the bus, and he refurbished I've been fine with letting Blaine drive the bus. Notice I said Blaine and me on it. Yeah, no, you're yeah, – Now, no, you sure you I, I paid – Okay, okay. I paid for my ticket, and now yeah. Wheeler's want to throw me off the bus. So no, I'm, I'm not throwing you. I, d- I just want to know that you're in the passenger seat next to me driving. That's fine. I That's great. You're, you're just first. not driving it with me. That's all I'm saying. You're That's here with fine. me. I'm here with you. I'm here. I, I'm here with I'm you. I'm a shotgun rider. Yeah, perfect. I love that. Let's go. Let's ride. It all stemmed from the <laughs> Bryce Young stuff. And I remember specifically saying that I couldn't 
I just didn't know enough about Stroud. And that was on me because I just didn't watch enough of Ohio State. And so I kind of just played Switzerland on Stroud. And so the piffage, Chandler, is that it just does seem like each podcast, you are bringing up the Stroud boys a lot. So that's where we're at. Kenny Pickett, seven and four. (laughs) Since week six, 25% of all drives against the Broncos defense have ended in a turnover. One out of four drives against the Broncos have ended in a turnover. To me, that signals a couple of things. One, yes, the Broncos defense is playing a little bit better. But two, that's just insane luck. That is an outlier stat, okay? You would expect that to regress a little bit. And what does that also mean? You know, turnovers, right? Obviously, no points for the other team, but great starting field position for the Broncos offense. And so I I think that's really gone into a lot of what we've been seeing from Russ uh, looking a little bit better. What I am going to push back on the Denver side, and I think Denver would be a good bet here. um, I'm going to take Houston. Yeah. I think that with Denver and I'm, I'm going to try and set aside my hatred for a second. I'm, I'm being honest with this. If I'm a Broncos fan, I am not letting these six games mask what I think this franchise should do going forward, and that is to still move on from Russell Wilson. I think the Broncos are doing everything they can to not let Russ be the pivotal factor in their team winning or losing. They're just you know, hiding him, I guess, is, is the way that I would say it. Um, giving him very high efficient throws, telling him to run six to eight times a game. All of that stuff is working. They're making do best with what they have. And that's what Sean Payton was brought in to do. I do not believe that Russell Wilson is still the solution for them for the next three to four years. Um, and, and if they're in a position, whether it be you know this next year um, or certainly the year after that, to get a free agent or draft a quarterback, I, I, I would – I would be definitely, um, if I was a fan of the Broncos, I, I, I would be wanting them to do that. And so um, long, long, long uh, kind of diatribe there on, on what the Broncos should do going forward. I'm going to take Houston in this spot. I like that they're at home, um, but I can see why Blaine would take the Broncos on, on the bet there. They're, they're uh, record-wise the hottest team in the league. I think this next matchup deserves the figure it out pod stinky tag. The Atlanta Falcons, the five and six, first place in the NFC South Atlanta Falcons are going to travel to the New York Jets to take on the four and seven New York Jets. Um, This game, let's start with Atlanta. Atlanta coming off a big win in their division last week against the Saints. We'll get to the Saints in the next matchup. They're going to hear some words from me. But, man, Atlanta is one of the most confusing teams in league history. They have been for at least the last four years, it feels like. Um, I feel like they are the prototypical any given Sunday team. Desmond Ritter seems to find ways to win games. And when they're at home, they feel like a different football team. Now, when they go on the road, as they're going to do this week, they seem to not be the same Atlanta Falcons. And I think this is an interesting interesting spot here for this Atlanta Falcons offense because they're going against a defense who has looked vulnerable over the last few weeks 
but it's because of their offense. And I think somehow, I don't know what it is, but I think the Jets defense can keep this Jets team in this game because I think they can get after Atlanta a little bit. I think they can get after Ritter and make him really uncomfortable. I'm going to take the Jets plus three. This might be a terrible pick, and I hate the Jets offense, but I am going to put all my eggs in the Jets defense's basket, and I'm going to let it ride, and I think that they make life really miserable for this Atlanta Falcons offense and keep it within the number. I really do. I think Atlanta can win the game. They might win. Maybe it's like 21-20, and they go down in a young ho coup. Game-winning field goal keeps it like a two-point game. Um, I love that. And that's why I'm taking Jets plus three. I think it's Johnny. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, yeah, they you they say that the way to pronounce his name is Young Way Koo. That's it's Young Ho. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, get out of here with that. I, I mean, this is American. It might be at in his language, but yeah, but I this is American. An English guy. Yeah, that's his name's Young Ho, and he's fucking good. By the way, he is. Good. Uh, he kicks the ball like a young how. <laughs> <laughs> this were. is a here's a little throwback to the real day one figure it out podcast sickos. Um, pretty cheap tickets for this game, Chandler. I know you used to say that for a lot of our a lot of our matchups. Whoa, lowest lowest current uh, ticket for this Falcons Jets game at MetLife is thirty three bucks, lowest of the season so far uh, for 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 the, for a Jets game. Um, and if you've ever been to New York, $33, they charge you that to flush your toilet like once every, you know, in the morning. So like it's it, a bagel's $33 in New York. So that'd be freaking definite uh, to scoop that up if you're a real sicko and going to watch Tim Boyle. Um, and that's where my analysis of the Jets really ends because I'm not betting on Tim Boyle. What a disaster that was last week. I'm not going to put any faith in Tim Boyle covering this. If it were Trevor Simeon from the jump, I might consider it. I might consider it. Um, I don't think the Falcons are great. The five and six NFC South division leading Falcons are not very good. Um, but T- Tim Boyle was a horrendous quarterback in college. He is only in the league uh, because of nepotism, because he's Rogers' buddy. And he was awful, awful last week and the jets are just a mess and so um I'll, I'll i'll take the falcons here listen to this too i'm gonna say something bad about something else bad about the falcons though um tyreek hill has 1324 receiving yards if you combined every wide receiver on the falcons they would have 1147 receiving yards so they all you know and they spent a high pick on drake london they don't give him the ball they tried to a little bit last week. They don't give them the ball enough. And then let's say some more bad stuff about the Jets. The Jets, if you combined every one of their wide receivers, 1,126 yards. So offensive ineptitude on both sides um, of this game, but the level of offensive ineptitude on the Jets is so stunning. So bad. There's no way I could take I could take them ever here. You know, it, they're so bad. They're to the point where Robert Sala, did you guys see what he said about Brees Hall? Essentially, what he said is that Brees Hall is a great player, but he needs to stop looking for the home run ball every time and just focus on getting the chunk yardage or the stupid. short yards that they need. How stupid can you be? The only way you can That's score exactly. is by yeah. The only way that offense can score is on their, if their defense scores or if Brees Hall breaks one open. 
And yep. he has the audacity. You know, that's a seat. He, Robert Sala has been dealt a rough hand, but that's a seat that he's doing himself no favors in keeping. Um, that's all I got. Blaine, go ahead. No, it's kind of shocking that you said that, Johnny, because I watched the Barry Sanders documentary last night, and the, the Lions are like total jet mode right now. Haven't had a good quarterback in however long whenever Barry Sanders was the running back, and they, they, you know, they were kind of whatever. But Barry Sanders made them good because he won that home run ball. And I was going to say the exact same thing. It's kind of crazy that you went that route because, I mean, the only way that the Jets win this football game is if Reese Hall does something. Something. That's it. They don't have anything else. I mean, they have scored a touchdown on a league low 7.8% of their drives. League low. Their offense is absolutely horrific. And we talked earlier in this podcast about how bad backup quarterbacks are, and the Jets are in the worst spot of any team in the league. With that backup quarterback offense, everything involved, it's horrible. Like, it, you can't win a football game. The Falcons showed me last week. Shit, why would you not lay the spread with the Falcons? They just dominated the Saints. Maybe not uh, dominated, maybe a, a strong word, but they made good. Derek Carr. It was it was a very convincing win. They made Derek Carr, who is a starter in the NFL. Mind you, he's bad, but he's a lot better than Boyle. <laughs> if Falcons three here, the, the line is surprising. I, I thought it'd be a lot higher. Three, I'll take it. Last point I have is the Jets haven't covered in five straight games, guys. They're not going to cover here. They're not going to cover Hammer Falcons. Do you guys like at all what I said? Is no, any- I'm sorry. I mean, I, it, I, it, it's a pot. No, yeah, no. I'm trying to give a possibility, but maybe <laughs> here's my only thing. If if the Jets cover here, it's like, oh, Rodgers is back at practice. They got some hope. Things are high, you know, vibes are high. But I, I don't know if that could be. That's just kind of wishing on something very, very minimal that will not improve the football team on the field. Chandler, did you know that – did you hear that Robert Sala said that about Brees Hall? I didn't. I hate it. Can you imagine if the Alex Smith and Andy Reid let – you know, that those those teams, 2013, 2014 Chiefs, can you imagine if Andy Reid said that Jamal Charles shouldn't look for the home run ball? Can yeah. you imagine if Todd Haley or Romeo Cornell were like, well, we have Jeff Schwartz and Eric Winston blocking for him, but he should really focus on getting the two yards that we need and not the long touchdown. Like, what are you – the word salad from Robert Sala every week, it's – I do kind of feel bad for him because he's the head coach of this team, um, and they have an owner who really gets involved, and they – brought in Rodgers, and then within minutes of Rodgers being there, he's like, yeah, I'll come over there, but you're going to pay me $60 million a year. Oh, and I'm bringing my buddies with me. They're not very good, but I just like when my buddies come play with me. Alan Lazard, healthy scratch last week. Randall Cobb, like three catches on the year. Tim Boyle threw one touchdown and 13 picks at UConn. Yeah. And John, I mean, where else are you going to get it? Like, I'm reading another stat here. The Jets have seven, seven touchdown passes this year. Seven. That's the league low. So where the fuck else is the home run ball going to come through? Where else? I mean, you can't throw a touchdown pass. Seven, seven. I mean, I I get you trying to blame something somewhere. You got to say something on the podium, but that is the polar opposite of what you should have said. Polar opposite. Let's just really hope that. You know, if I'm a Jets fan, I you know, yeah, great point, Robert Sala. We need to focus on Tim Boyle throwing four-yard comeback routes to Tyler Conklin all day. Let's just do that. 
Let's not hope Brees Hall breaks one off. Let's just have Tim Boyle throw passes to just move on. I'm sweating. Von Bell pick. If there's a prop, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> Over <or> under <laughs> half a pick, probably. Yeah, give me one. I'll take Von yeah. Bell. Yeah, Jesse Bates. Yeah, he's played. He's played great. Or Jesse Bates. Sorry. Yeah. yeah no. Sorry. Von I get Bell those two mixed up. I know. I know. Yeah. Jesse Bates. Sorry. Oh yeah. He played great this year. I was all in on Von Bell. <laughs> no, it's Jesse Bates. It's Jesse Bates the third or the second, Johnny. Third, and he's good. Yeah, the third. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, okay, the, moving on. Detroit Lions are going to go to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Two teams coming off embarrassing losses. The Lions smacked around on Thanksgiving against the Green Bay Packers, who we'll get to in a bit. And the Saints, a uh, bad, bad loss in the NFC South to the Atlanta Falcons, who we just got done talking about. Interesting, though, the Saints, five and six, second in the NFC South. Detroit got some help from the Bears on Monday Night Football. They really control the NFC North. They're not any threat there. But I think this game is fun. I think both these teams are very, very desperate now. I think Detroit wants to keep winning, keep building momentum. I don't think they want to lose two in a row. I think that sometimes it's like, oh, no, here we go again when you're a franchise that's had their history. Um the Saints have got to win this game. The Saints can make the playoffs. The Saints can win the NFC South, and they've got to show up and win at home. They're four-point dogs at home. This is a big game for New Orleans, and they have to know that, and you know that city's going to know it. This is going to be a tough game for the Lions coming off an embarrassing home loss to the Green Bay. I mean, that that's tough to swallow, especially a franchise that has really owned you over the last few years. Um well, more than a few years, last 20 years, really, um, for that to happen again. I don't think vibes are great right now for Detroit. I like the Saints here, and this could be my fantasy team bias, Blaine. I know that you have a lot invested in this, but I need a big day from Kamara. Detroit's defense has been a little shaky. I think the Saints could exploit it a little bit, get Kamara going in the passing game. Let's get a 20-point game from the kid, and the Saints – I'm taking them plus four over under 46 and a half. I like the over there, Blaine. Yeah, I like it too. Um, the Lions just have not lived up to being good. Simple as that. And I'm not sure if this game in an NFC matchup, that's a huge, huge playoff predictor. I mean, if the Lions win this football game, they get the Bears, Broncos, Vikings twice and the Cowboys for the rest of their season. I mean, that's looking like, hey, you know, can we host a playoff game? Maybe, maybe so. Last week felt that way. Packers at home, divisional matchup. We got to win this football game. They couldn't. They they flat out could not win that football game. And you go to New Orleans, which New Orleans, you think, oh, they're always so good at home. No, New Orleans 0-4 against the spread at home this year. So that, all, that makes me think like, well, fuck, where do I go with this game? Because I want to bet New Orleans here. But, I mean – I don't know. Chandler, you make a great point. I think the Saints, if they're able to run the football, that puts an aspect of their offense that they have not had so far this year. The Saints are averaging a league-high 5.4 plays per game with 20 yards, or the Lions are averaging 5.4 plays per yard with 20 yards or more. The Saints have not ran a rushing play with more than 20 yards this year. So if the Saints can't run the ball, 
effectively, you're putting it on Derek Carr. But the Lions have not been able to stop the run effectively, and that's the difference. Can you get Kamara going with the Saints? If you can, Saints win this football game. And that's why I think, guys, I think I'm going Saints here. This is a four-plus tough, tough pick, but it's a field goal football game. And if the Saints can run the ball better than they have this year, I think they win this football game, and I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. Okay, real quick pause before Johnny goes. Bears just made a huge layup, 82-69. The line, for anybody that has money on the Bears tonight, is minus 11.5. UE just made a layup. It's 82-71, so they're up 11 right now with a minute six left. If you've got money, you are sweating, sweating right now. Holy cow, Johnny, go ahead with the football game. Yeah, it's it's a how does Vegas get away with this? They are, I just can't believe it. I mean, how, if you would have looked, if you would have just told me, guess the spread on this game, I never would have said 11 and a half. We talked and about no, no Alston Mason either. Dude, the Bears were up 18 with 8.04 left at the timeout, and it's 82 71. Matthew Lee going to the line. The, uh, so Saints Lions, um, pretty lengthy injury report uh, on the Saints side. Some key points: Cam Jordan DNP, Rashid Shahid DNP. Um, but a good sign for them is that Chris Olave was LP limited uh, within uh, in concussion protocol. And so you know you wouldn't want to be down Shahid and Olave uh, in this spot. It's got to be through Kamara though. You know. I, I want to bet the Saints here. Lions haven't been playing great football the last few you know few weeks. Um, they almost lost to the Bears. You know, they, they their defense hasn't been playing great the last three weeks. But you know, I I think they're the better football team here. They need to do a little bit better on the offensive line. That's obviously that the the Lions are built through the offensive line, and, and Goff has been getting pressured, so that's why he hasn't been playing as well. So some things to correct. Here's where I'm concerned though on the Saints side. Derek Carr fucking sucks. Horrible. Derek Carr blows. I saw a video of him today. It's so annoying. You know, every time I see Derek Carr, <laughs> I'm just expecting him to ask me what church I go to or if I can go to church with him. I hate when people do that stuff. I can't stand it. Okay. He does, he does not talk like he's white either, which I, he, I, he is a. He's so weird. And weird. I've, like, I've made my feelings very clear about Derek Carr. You know, um, any guy who, when he throws an interception, says crud or frick uh, is not fine by me, Blaine. You no, you're good. No, no, you're good. Keep going. D D Derek Carr, I saw a clip today. Um, a beat reporter asked him about their red zone struggles. He's been the worst quarterback in the league in the red zone. Um, I, I just, I hated his answer. Um, he, he, he said, um, basically he said that um, he's not going to give away what their game plan is for the red zone to the reporter. So he can keep asking the question. He's just not going to tell him, shut up, Derek, shut up, Derek. Um, and, and, you know, I'm losing my train of thought a little bit because the Bears are flirting with not covering this Man, game. It just hit. Oh ridiculous. my God, Johnny! That layup. Oh no. I mean, just ridiculous. Uh, anyways, the Lions should win this game. I would not fault anyone for betting the Saints in this spot, but I'm going to take the Lions to win and cover. 
Yeah, no, I'll reel it back in because we're watching this Bears game and Evansville just scored a bad, bad 20 seconds left down 12 layup to put it within 10. So that's why we're all like struggling with thought here. So apologize for the pod. But last point with this game is New Orleans has not led at halftime of any game this year. None. What? I mean, if if you talk about the Lions offense and what the Lions offense can do, if New Orleans doesn't get out to a hot start, I mean, it. It summed about Ben Johnson's not going to let this happen for multiple weeks. I mean, they didn't look good in the first half, Green Bay. There's going to be something here. I I, I just think that uh, – I, I think Detroit's – I'm flip-flopping, guys. I think I'm going to Detroit here. I think Detroit's a better football team. And why am I putting my money on Derek Carr? Well, that's why I flip-flopped. I'm not. So, yeah, Detroit. The Bears <laughs> appear oh to have covered – Cover! The Evansville Purple Aces airball to three. It goes out. The Bears win 90 to 78. They improve to 29 and five all time in Missouri Valley Conference home openers. Just saw that come across the bottom line there on ESPN Plus. <laughs> nice work by the Missouri State crew. That's a one big la- start of the year. One last thing. This has to be the first time in the Dayton Ford era that the Missouri State Pairs have scored 87 and 92 points in back-to-back games, or I guess in statistic-wise, I would say 85-plus points in two straight games. That's just not heard of, unheard of. Bears 6-1, and one, guys. They're looking good. How does Vegas do this? 11 and a half, they won by 12. We win. We win. We win. Unbelievable. The Arizona Cardinals are going to go to my Pittsburgh Steelers this week in a huge game for Pittsburgh. This is a huge, huge, huge game for Pittsburgh. And as I alluded to in my week 12 statement, their schedule gets easy here. But this is a game where a 7-4 and four team who seems to be a tidbit fraudulent, depending on who you ask, could be at huge risk of slipping up and jeopardizing their chances of making the playoffs. If this team is real, they show up at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and they win this football game, and they win it by five and a half points or more as they're favored in this game. Over under 41 and a half, I think that's accurate. I think I'd take the under in this game because I think that – I just think this is a low-scoring game. I know that Kyler's back for the Cardinals – but I love this Pittsburgh defense. I know that sometimes numbers skew things and yada, yada, yada. But just based on eye test, I don't want to go against the Pittsburgh defense if you're any team in the league outside of the Chiefs. I don't want to go against them. They are going to make it nasty. They are a difficult assignment for anybody, especially a reeling Arizona Cardinals. I love Pittsburgh here. Week two, new offensive coordinator, uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, Looked really well, look, excuse me, looked really good last week against the um, Cincinnati Bengals. I can, I, I see that continuing here. I think the Steelers get to eight and four and continue to make an AFC push, guys. I really do. Johnny. Steelers' best team in the league, nine, <clears throat> nine and two um, in, in games, in the under hitting in their games. Nine out of 11 games, the under is hit. Uh, Cardinals. Uh, tied for second best in the league, seven and five, uh, the over has hit. So, you know, whatever, take that for what you mean. It could be a fun factoid, could just be something that's actually legit. Um, Something's got to give here. My question is, Chandler, if Arizona 
scores 24 points, can the Steelers win this game? Can the Steelers score 27 points? No. There's absolutely no I'll way. answer it. There's, it's, it had, went, has it happened? No. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. So the Steelers, if they win this game, they're going to have to win this game 21-17, yeah. 17-14. Right. Right? Yep. So then what was your over-under line? 41 and a half. Then you got you got to take the under. It's got to be Steelers and the under in this yep. spot. You know, I, I want to bet the Cardinals here. That would be really fun. But Kyler Murray in Pittsburgh? Right. How often do we get this game, by the way? You know, how, I just can't imagine the Cardinals go to Pittsburgh very often. Rematch of Super Bowl 44? Yeah. You might have to look that up. That yeah, was I'm going to look it up right now. Game. Such a great game. Remember, we had uh, we had Super Bowl parties growing up, and I remember when Fitzgerald took that ball to the house, just going nuts with all my. I I mean, I was probably, I I was in middle school, just going nuts with the friend, all my friends. It was super yeah. awesome. James Harrison took one like ninety nine yards to the house. Antonio yeah. Holmes in the corner of the end zone. What a great tippy toe. What a yeah, that was awesome. That was uh, awesome. But Super that Bowl was... 43, Super Bowl 43, the Pittsburgh Steelers won 27-23. Fun fact, head official Terry McCauley, who is now – you go, they go to Terry McCauley in the booth to do a little penalty review. Kind of a fun fact, at Raymond James Stadium, Santonio Holmes in the back of the end zone for the win. Oh, I am not a Terry McCauley fan, by the way. That just pissed me off. <laughs> Terry McCauley, uh, Dean Blandino. Oh, Gene I like Ster- Dean. I like Gene Steratore, get out. All of them, get out. Because you know what? You don't know the rules. We don't know the rules. And the officials don't know the rules on the field either. Nobody knows the rules of football. Yes, the three of us, what a catch is, you probably get three different answers. So I don't need Terry McCauley to come in with his word salad and tell me what he thinks is going to be the call. Here's how it goes every single time, by the way. I'm triggered. If you couldn't tell, um, there'll be a ball that's ruled a catch on the field. They'll bring in Terry McCauley. He'll he'll talk for two minutes. We, the fans, will form our opinion in the first 15 seconds of seeing the replay. But Terry will talk for two minutes. And then Terry will give his opinion that the call should be overturned. And then the ref will come back and say the ruling on the field stands. And we all go about our lives. So Terry, just cut Terry, Dean, and Gene out. Um, moving on, uh, I'll take the Steelers in this spot and I would love for the Cardinals to win this game, but I don't think they will. No, I, I, I don't necessarily see it either. I would love to take the Cardinals plus the points, but I haven't seen enough out of Kyler yet. Kyler's stat line throughout the last two he's played one touch, two touchdowns, one pick 400 yards around 450 yards, you know, combined, like give me more Kyler. I'll feel comfortable, but against the Steelers defense, I don't feel comfortable betting him against just what the Steelers have done. I mean, Canada firing, does that give more life? It showed last week. It was better. I know they played a horrible or a a good defense. So over the last few weeks, they played good defenses and maybe they can be better here against Carolina or uh, against Arizona. Arizona's allowing the third most yards in the NFL throughout 13 games. 
So Kenny Pickett, you're bad, but you should be able to do something here. I'd rather put my money on Warren, Najee. And a point I make about this too, I feel like Najee has been a lot better over the last few weeks that the buzz around Jalen Warren has gotten higher. So Najee's been playing like his job is at risk. And I feel like that's been good for the Steelers. And with that too, those two back there now, I don't know about Deontay Johnson. I know you guys probably saw that fumble that was right in front of him and he looked at it and he was like, what the hell? Like That was bad. That was really bad. But um, I'm sure that gets fixed in a Tomlin locker room. I think the Steelers offense is going to be a little bit more figured out with Canada out there and how bad the Cardinals defense is. I mean, I, I just think the Steelers are a better football team here. I think five's the right number and I think I'll take the Steelers. Muted, Jan. What about now? Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Sorry, my Zoom's been weird. Like, it says that Johnny's been muted the whole time, and I can't tell that I'm muted or unmuted. So hang yeah. with me here. I'm sorry. That, that Bears cover just took us to a different stratosphere. Like, we haven't seen a oh, Bears yeah. cover on yeah. game one of the Valley in six years. <laughs> yeah, it's 29-5 and five all time in NBC opening games, Blaine. Don't forget that. It's going to be a good game, Steelers-Cardinals. Steelers need this one, and they need it bad. The uh, kind of stinky, kind of not, I guess, in terms of their division. AFC South battle, the Indianapolis Colts are going to go to Nashville to take on Tennessee Titans. Colts have been playing better of late-ish. Big win last week against Tampa Bay, 27-20 in Indy. Um, but this game just screams the under. 42 and a half, this feels like. A 10-9 to game, in my opinion, especially in Nashville. Um, Jonathan Taylor, you got to be really upset if you're a Colts fan. Colts kind of rolling on the cusp of potential backdooring into the playoffs. Jonathan Taylor out, I believe, two weeks now. This is a big spot for him to miss. Um, I believe with some sort of hand injury. I think maybe his pinky or something like that. Um, I I, I think I'm, I'm right on that. Colts still favored by one, though. That makes it interesting to me. Oh, Johnny's pointing to thumb, so I got the uh, uh, appendage wrong. Maybe I used that word right? No, it's digit. Ah, digit. Digit. <laughs> kind of close. But this I, – I don't know what to make of this game, guys. I love Tennessee's defense. I'm going to love it probably all year. Is that too much for the Colts' offense? I I don't know. I, I might have to have you guys talk me into something here. And Blaine, I guess you go first. Yeah, no, it's more so for me of last week because these two teams have changed throughout the years so much, like with Will Levis and then the Colts with Gardner Minshew. And then just I, I feel like we, I don't know who the Colts are. And they're a playoff football team right now, guys. They're a playoff football team today. Titans just, man, we set a stat last week of how bad they've been over the last two years. And it kind of shocked me. but. In a division like this, you think, well, Titans should win this football game. But no, the Colts are a better football team right now. Um, in the history of this game, the Tennessee Titans own the Colts. But the Colts won the last one, and I think they could win this one. It's just uh, – Will Levis has really, really got – he got off so hot, and he just stinks. He stinks. And I think Gardner Minshew is the better quarterback in this football game. Simple as that. Even with the, without Taylor or whatever it may be, Colts on the road at Tennessee, you say, yeah, you know, Tennessee wins this game 10 times out of 10 over the last three years. But the Colts are a team that you don't want to see right now. They're winning football games in a weird way. And 
I don't know. I I have a very, very hard time. After watching Tennessee play the Panthers close last week, demoralized any thought I had about everything that Rabel was doing, everything that that whole organization was doing. I don't believe in Tennessee with any aspect. And I'm not saying I believe in Indianapolis, but fuck, Indianapolis is a better franchise right now than Tennessee, and that's hard to say. And and I I fully believe the Colts are going to cover and win this football game. Will Levis is also battling a little bit of a weak ankle. Um, mm. Currently, as I'm talking right now, watching, you know, two two screen action on the on the iPad. Uh, on one side, I have you guys. On the other side, I'm watching a video of Will Levis doing some rollouts, and he is hobbled. He is not moving well. Um, and this Colts defense is probably going to be able to get after him a little bit. Um, couple thoughts on the Titans. First thought, if the Titans just, like if no one said anything and the Titans just disappeared, would anyone really notice? I don't think anyone would really notice. You know, actually, I think what a better thing that we should do, I think the Titans should just go to the NFC South and the NFC South can just have their own league. Just, I'm fine with the Colts. Jags and Houston look to be really fun up and coming teams. The Titans are irrelevant. Just pure mediocre. Pure mediocre. Yes. So if we just make a five team, um, you know, the Saints can just cease to exist too. DA and Carr. Just (laughs) everything in the NFC South is so gross. Um, Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter, DA and Derek Carr. the interim special teams coach and Bryce Young, uh, and then Baker and Todd Bowles. If you just put Vrabel and Levis in there, no one would notice. It's the same thing. It's, it's, it's so gross. Uh, Colts are way more fun. Colts are in the playoffs right now. Um, yeah, the Taylor thing sucks, but if you got Zach Moss, you're, you're, you might win your fantasy league. I mean, like, I mean, it's the same stuff, guys. The, the Titans are irrelevant. They're boring, and the Colts, while injured, are, are a little fun. And um, hopefully they get a win here for our boy Reed, figured out pod correspondent Reed. Nice call. <laughs> also hilarious, D.A. dumbass Allen. That's just so good. Great. Thing. That's oh, some man. of Blaine's best work. This matchup is going to earn the figured out pod stinky tag as well. The Carolina Panthers are going to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a 305 matchup. Um this game flat out stinks. Um as we forementioned, Carolina Panthers quarterback coach combo, special teams interim head coach, uh and Bryce Young versus Baker Mayfield and Todd Bowles. Tampa 5 point favorites at home. I think Tampa is the better football team. I don't think there's much else to it. Carolina's in hell. And I feel bad for Bryce Young. Like Johnny alluded to it with CJ, or maybe it was Blaine, CJ Stroud. If he was there, like it would be the same thing. I think it's tough. I think that Bryce Young, some of his um, attributes and everything are making it even that much more difficult to overcome the adversity. But dear God, guys, I mean, what do you want this guy to do? This team is that bad. Um, I mean, his best, his best option is Adam Thielen. I mean, I like Adam Thielen. That's hard. Thirty-three, That's hard. I think. Yeah. And and I, it's it's just brutal in Carolina. You know, Frank Reich 
that was brutal. You know, back-to-back years, he's fired mid-season. How do you bounce back from that as a coach? I don't know, but hopefully he gets a job somewhere. I think it's going to be tough for him to find one. Um, Tampa's the better football team. They're going to get after him, and it's in Tampa. I know it's not that much, but I'm all over the Bucks here, Johnny. Chandler, that thing we talk about a lot, um, this dates back to before the three of us did the football podcast together. But, you know, that thing that we talk about how, like, if a if a team is fine moving on from a player, that's not a, you know, bona fide, you know, legit stud who gets tons of money and outprices himself from the team. If a team is just okay with moving on from a player – it's probably a good sign that they're not that great of a player uh, anymore. And while Thielen did have some good games, he's never been a one. And for him to be your one is just an absolute mess uh, for them. Then you look at their other options that they brought in for Carolina, like DJ Chark. Jags fine moving on from him. The Lions were fine from moving on from him. That's going to be your secondary option. And then you're going to put a lot on Jonathan Mingo, who, by the way, I really wanted on the Chiefs has been horrible. He's horrendous. Um, so, and oh, and then uh, you you trade away Christian McCaffrey, but then you bring in big money for uh, Miles Sanders while Chuba Hubbard was totally fine, while Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman did fine for you the year before. You know, a lot of questionable moves in Carolina. Um, you know, I'm not so sure that Frank Reich – deserved to be fired, but we've just seen that Tepper is Dave Tepper is like a psychopath owner. Um, and he's tired of losing, you know, if you factor in the two teams that he owns in, in, in Carolina, he owns the Nashville soccer team too. He's fired like four coaches in the last two years between those two teams. So he, he, he just doesn't care guys. Um, and so, I say all of that as a as a small excuse for Bryce. He really hasn't flashed ever, though. That's that's the concerning thing, right? Yeah. So I think CJ would be doing a better job than Bryce in 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 Carolina. Probably not as good as he would be in is is in Houston right now. But the problem with Bryce, and, and I just didn't foresee this at all, is that I can't think of one flash play all season you know cj stroud in their last game and these guys it'll be like trubisky and mahomes whether it's fair or not they will get compared to each other their entire careers um cj stroud a couple weeks ago gets hurt has to come out of play comes back in on third and 17 and then throws a first down bryce has had like no moments at all like that I can't yeah. think of one long touchdown pass that he has or one long run that he has um, to extend a drive. And so that's that's where it gets concerning. You know, Bryce deserves another year to figure some of these things out. Um, but what also is going to set him back is that already in his career, he's come into dysfunction. There's been firings. He knows all the rumors now about Tepper. He knows all these rumors about, well, we there's a chance that, they, you know, Frank Reich wanted C.J. Stroud, this, that, and the other, all these moves that were supposed to happen didn't happen. Bryce reads all of that. Now he has to finish a season with an interim head coach and then start new next year with a new head coach. 
it's just not looking Seriously. good for Price, and I can't in good faith um, take the Panthers here. So what was the line? Five. Where's the game? Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Tampa. Yeah. I, yeah. I talked for a long time there and totally forgot the details. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, the whole Tepper thing has been just ridiculous. Like it's flooded my Twitter feed over the last week because of what he said. Like, God, dude, just have some patience. That's all my my thought is like, just have some patience. Like, you know, your team is bad. Just have some patience. It, it, it makes no sense if you're going to expect this out of Bryce Young with what you put around him. And he hasn't put anything around him. But I will say this. If Bryce Young can have a good game, it's here. Tampa Bay is allowing the third most passing yards per game of any team in the NFL. And I, I just remember clearly when Baker went down the field and scored on Tampa or on uh, Houston, and then Houston turned around and beat Tampa on that last second. I think forty seconds left in the game, and they went down eighty yards touchdown to win it. Just like demoralizing. Tampa's secondary is just that bad, guys. I mean, if there is a game where Bryce can show something, this is the game because Tampa's front is not very good. Their secondary is horrible, and that's why this game's five. I'm kind of shocked why it's five, but that's why. I'm still going to take Tampa because Baker's been really good this year, sneakily really good. His stats don't necessarily show it, but Evans has been amazing. They're a playoff football team right now. Like, if you're looking at it, they're, they're sneakily a playoff football team, and this is a game they have to have to win. And five points, I'm betting on the touchdown here. And, uh, yeah, I'm just betting on the touchdown. I'll go Tampa. Love it. Maybe the best game of the slate this week from a non-biased perspective. The San Francisco 49ers are going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philly plus three at home. Philly coming off a dramatic overtime win against Buffalo. Um, hell of a kick by Jake Elliott to send that game into overtime or, or Philadelphia would have lost their uh, second game of the season. They are just you know, they get a lot of credit for making the big play when it matters, but dear Lord, have they gotten lucky in some games for some misfortunes, some some bounces going their way, but you really can't take that away from their 10-1 and one for a reason. They have another very brutal assignment here with the 49ers. Niners coming off an awesome Thanksgiving night win on the road um, in Seattle. They're three-point favorites on the road for a reason. Uh, Philadelphia secondary, you just got done talking about a bad one in Tampa Bay. Philadelphia's is bad. Brock Purdy, this is a total Brock Purdy, don't fuck this game up. And this is a rematch of the NFC Championship game where Brock Purdy got hurt in the first quarter. And we've said it all along on this podcast. The Niners look poised to make that game interesting for the duration of that game. Um, it totally changed, of course, when Brock Purdy left that uh, that championship game and the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. This is a brutal assignment. If they can get McCaffrey going on the ground, um, open up the passing game, that's where San Francisco San Francisco is going to win this game. And they're going to get after – they're definitely going to get after Jalen Hurts. Lane Johnson being back was a big, big get back for Philadelphia – that's of note with Chase Young and Nick Bosa. Guys, I hate Philly. I'm going Niners minus three on the road to pick up a huge, huge win in the NFC and give Philly their second loss of the season. Blaine. Yeah, this is a this is a sweet battle. It's who is the boss? Who is an 
I think it's the 49ers. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big credit or a big uh, discredit of the Eagles since we played them and I studied them in the Super Bowl game. And I'll, I'll talk so bad about Jalen Hurts. And I, I will willingly say I said really bad tweets about Jalen Hurts in the first half. And then he somewhat proved me wrong in the second half. But, I mean, my father could have ran those quarterback draws to beat Buffalo. He did. Yeah. I mean, he threw some balls that were good in the end zone. But, I mean, it's just not like there. And you look at this game, this, this is what I'll take here. These two teams are allowed the lowest rushing yards per game in the NFL. 49ers, the first lowest allowance in rushing yards in the Philadelphia, the second. But Philly over their last two, Kansas City ran over all over them, and Buffalo ran for 170. And Buffalo can't run the football, guys, but they dominating the rushing. That's how Phil, that's how Buffalo was in that game last week. James yep. Cook went off in the second half. You don't think that Shanahan and this offense can exploit that and get the passing game going. I think that this defense for San Francisco is good enough to not allow Jalen Hurts to make those one play, the one play he made against Kansas City. The two plays he made against Buffalo, like it was just one or two plays that changed the difference of those football games. I just haven't seen a full game out of Philly all year. And I think I've seen more full games out of San Francisco defensively, offensively, that I think they're the better football team. And this is where the NFC gets proven that Philly is fraudulent, a little bit fraudulent. They're the worst one loss team in the NFL, and it's not even close. And we're bound to get shown that. And this is where it happens. It's just also real quick, since the hell hell is on a bye week this week, to give some serious shit to Sean McDermott. We talk all the time, especially me, and definitely me, about how bad I think Josh Allen is and how, you know, I think they're they're super inept, they're not going to the playoffs, and how that 13 seconds game has just melted this franchise. It might not have affected anybody worse than Sean McDermott. How do you call a timeout to let the Eagles set up their field goal? Yeah. You then get the ball back with 20 seconds and still a timeout. Burned. As, as much as it pains me to say it, Josh was playing well. And then you don't, you come out and knee it and go to overtime. You could have gone in the field goal range. That's no that time that that timeout Chandler. You're right. It was horrific. Let them run out there and kick it. It's raining. It's wet. It's sixty plus yards. Let them run out and do it. It's horrible. Dude, that thirteen seconds in Kansas City has melted Sean McDermott's brain because he can't get the clock right right now. It made no sense, and it was kind of a win win for all of us really because we hate both these teams a lot. Like it would have been it would have been okay to see Philly lose. And it was amazing to see Buffalo lose. It was so sick because it was, they had a chance to win the game in regulation if they get the ball back there. But it was awesome to watch, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, this game flat out rocks. I, I'm so excited. I'll be watching this game at a bar in Tidal Town at, in Lambeau or in Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> I can't wait. Um, so, I mean, you guys really covered all, all of it. Here's where, you know, we always say like Vegas knows, Vegas knows. You know, this game is Philly. They have one loss at home coming off of back-to-back big-time wins against the Bills, Allen, Chiefs, Mahomes. 
and the 49ers with Purdy are three-point favorites. Like, Vegas is telling you who the better football team is. The 49ers are the better football team. They're favored by three on the you know, hostile environment. Uh, 49ers are 13-0 and under Brock Purdy when the team rushes for 115-plus yards. And James, James Cook just went for 100 plus. You don't think Christian McCaffrey can do that? Sorry, Johnny, but like, yeah, yeah. Did you wait? Did you read that stat earlier? Did I just repeat that? No, no, did no. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying you're right. No, it just makes sense. Yeah, the, they're they're 0 and three. So the the number was 115 plus. They're 0 and three in games where with Purdy when they don't run for 115. So. You know, they, they they might know that stat. They might not. They might not give a shit because they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. Um, and Elijah Mitchell's a good complimentary back. They've been playing really well. I, I haven't looked at the weather, um, but they play a brand of football that is weatherproof. And uh, another good matchup to watch here is going to be James Bradbury and Debo. They don't like each other. Debo called him trash, was asked about it again, called him trash again. He's not going to walk it back. Um, Jordan Mailata has, uh, for the Eagles has voiced his displeasure with that comment as well. And so it's going to be ugly. It's going to be a, a fight. Um, but I'm going to take the 49ers in this spot. Now, if the Eagles do win this game, I mean, they're going to deserve a ton of flowers. Um, you know, one thing I will say about Sirianni too, I was talking to my dad about this. I cannot stand Sirianni. You guys can't either. He just does stuff that is oh, not what head coaches. Yeah, he's pond scum. He's pond oh, scum. He met his wife in Springfield, though. I will say that's that's a good that's a, somewhat. Of a... I think he doesn't like the Chiefs because I, I think Andy either fired him or just didn't bring him back. Anyways. Didn't rehire, yeah, yeah, didn't rehire him. Um, so have you guys ever heard somebody who is well respected in the league? So not like a fucking Rex Ryan or something like that on Get Up. But have you ever heard somebody in the league, well-respected by all, you know, it could be former head coaches, anything, that, like, comes out and just unprovoked says good things about Nick Sirianni? They don't even talk about it. They Never. don't talk about it. They do talk about Jalen. And I'm not trying to tiff with you, Blaine. I, I, yeah. I've said this before, too. I have a different opinion of Jalen. Um, I think he's a top five quarterback and we, it's fine. I, you raise good points. I trust your, your judgment and why you think that I think he's not only when you win and you don't put up numbers, I just care about winning. And so I, I just think that, you know, I think Jalen is the straw that stirs the drink there, you know, in the super bowl, when he has, to, he had to calm down Sirianni, you know, you'd right. never see that from Andy Reed. And so, uh, I just think Sirianni is kind of just kind of a, a joke. Yeah, no. My my thing about Jalen, his leadership is clear, and that's what I hear about him is that and that that that's it. But what I say, Jalen, on the back end is lob ball doesn't say a lot of good. Like I I, I don't know. He doesn't make a he doesn't make a throw. Mahomes makes never well, can never will be able to right. And and a lot of the top five quarterbacks in the league, he just doesn't have that arm. But he wins football games, and he's a leader. And more flowers to him. We've said flowers a lot, but more power to him because he can win football games because of the team around him. But if you're going to make him throw a dart on a 15-yard dart across the field, he can't do it and he won't ever be. Too, but he does. he's never asked to do that. That's my whole point. Same goes yeah. for Brock Purdy if we're talking about this football game. The 49ers know how to win with Brock Purdy. 
And the Eagles know how to win with Jalen Hurts. So uh, it, it works. It works. I just, you know, I, I hate to hate on Jalen Hurts so much, but that's, it works. So I just don't want him on the Chiefs. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome football game. Um, you know, like Herbert is a better quarterback talent than Jalen, but I right. think Jalen's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. So like, that's yeah. just, that's just how I kind of view that. Um, well said. And if Jalen had, you know, if Jalen was dropping back and had to throw to deck furniture like Marquez Valdez Scantling, then I don't think he'd be at, he wouldn't be very good. So, I mean, he's thrown to some pretty good receivers over there too. And I don't think he's going to have Goddard in this spot, although they're going to get him back pretty soon. So a game that deserved us to talk about it for a long time, but I think we're all on the 49ers. Here. Yeah. Last point, Johnny, you talked about the weather. Same same goes for the whole East Coast. It's, it may rain from Friday to Sunday. There's a 40% chance of rain for this game as well. It may be mucky and it may be muddy. So, I mean, just all East Coast games, it's going to be like that. Taylor, did you pick Philly? No. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, I no. thought so. It was so long ago. How dare you? How dare you? I would never. Chill. The Niners are going to dominate this football game. I'm, I'm best bet of the week. Uh, okay, I don't know about dominate, but <laughs> let's go out to the beautiful West Coast, guys. Beautiful West Coast. We know the weather out there, and it's going to be in a hybrid dome, if you will. Um, ventilated dome, if you will. SoFi Stadium, the Los Angeles Rams are going to host the Cleveland Browns. This game isn't going to get the stinky tag, but it kind of stinks. It's Rams. annoying. This game is annoying. That yeah, it's this game is really annoying. Um, the Rams coming off a nice win against the Cardinals. Give them some props there. 37-14, they looked really good. Kyron Williams had a fantasy day. Uh, my Lord. I <laughs> But can the Rams repeat this? I don't think so. Now, I will say this. The Browns left Denver bruised and battered. Um, Amari Cooper left that game. You know, DTR got the start. He got popped and had to go into concussion protocol. Um, I Last I saw, maybe questionable. I don't know if he's going to play. If not, it's going to be P.J. Walker. That's weird. Um, and Miles Garrett was Chandler, Chandler, Chandler. This is from Schefter with Browns quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson now in concussion protocol. Joe Flacco has been taking snaps as Cleveland's quarterback one in practice and could start Sunday versus the Rams. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Nice tidbit. <laughs> just, just take team? Taylor, just stop, just take the Rams. I mean. Good God. Right. And Miles Garrett, I wanted to finish the, the injury thing. Miles Garrett hurt his shoulder in that game, too, against Denver. It This game is annoying, Johnny. Really well said. But the Flacco, too, I, I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams minus three and a half. They're going to win this game. Cleveland is slowly going to hell. Um, they're seven and four, but they could easily be seven and five coming back to the Midwest. Johnny, I think you're first here. Yeah, I dude, seriously, the the Browns number one priority should be the health of Miles Garrett. Like did the it makes me so thankful for Patrick Mahomes. The Browns have so much talent on their team and they're currently fighting for their lives and they're the leader of their team is going to be Joe Flacco, and if it's not Joe Flacco, it's a slightly concussed DTR. Like <laughs> 
it doesn't it, that's really bad rams scored a lot of points last week Kyron williams looked really good for them um uh, this it, it, this is all rams for me yeah no it, it's all what rams did last week i mean 37 points Kyron williams 143 2-2 atwell went for 70 higby 20 i mean they just spread it across the yard and it was impressive and they that's what the Rams have to do. They have re- they have the receiving core to dominate football games, but that's just man. The Browns are just so close. They're so close, and it has to be so defeating for that franchise to be able to our fan base to be able to look at that and be like, man, we we won this many games early on, and then we got fucking PJ Walker, or Joe Flacco. Like, what do you what do you do? Like, it's a demoralizing for any. I don't care if you're a player on this team, a fan of this team, a coach of this team. There's nothing you can do about it, and it just is what it is. Like you're. You're fighting, you're going to fight, but you're probably going to continue to lose because you just simply can't snap the ball and get yards. It's it, it just has to be horrible. Rams have to win this football game because of it, because they can snap the ball and get yards. They have weapons. Kyron's been great. 2-2, Higby, Nakua, Cup. Demarcus Robinson can catch a ball for a first down, for God's sakes. I mean, oh. I, just, I just can't I, – I, I cannot put my faith – and what the Browns are doing offensively. Now, the Rams may be held to 14, but that's a tough task because the Rams have showed offensively that they can score points. And that fact that they can score points means that, well, I don't care if it's the best defense in the NFL and the Browns, they're going to beat them because the Browns can't score. Simple as that. Rams, cover. We're going to talk about the Chiefs here in a second, but I know the Chiefs have had their wide receiver struggles. I do not miss Demarcus Robinson. I don't either. He can't he get a yard. Not, he would no. not fix any issue. That guy <laughs> stuck the ball out more than any human. No, no. He, he, he is the least gained yardage receiver on a hitch in the history oh of the NFL. God. I mean, he'll, he'll catch one at five and he'll get three. <laughs> Forward progress is not in Demarcus Robinson's category. It's it's not in his dictionary. Doesn't a five yard comeback route results in zero yards. Yeah, Demarcus Chandler. Would you rather have Demar? The Chiefs play this weekend. You have to choose one of these two players: Demarcus or McColl. Demarcus. Sorry, <laughs> I answered it for him. But McColl. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, Demarcus. Would you rather have Demarcus or Byron Pringle? Oh, Byron. I like Byron. Which okay, is there Demarcus or Josh Gordon? I think Demarcus. Yeah. I think Demarcus. Any chance any chance you're picking Cornell Powell over these guys? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> There's a reason Cornell can't get in the lineup. I'm gonna. How I'm bad gonna, is that guy? I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, I'm shout out Trevor Lawrence for Cornell's draft stock. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, Monday Night Football, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to go to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Jaguars minus eight. This is a much different matchup. Obviously, without Burrow, I hate to see Burrow injured, but man, it is. Just nice to have Cincinnati burning. It's kind of nice. Cincinnati's pretty bad. Jacksonville eight and three. They're looking pretty good. Um, it's all Jags here, right, guys? I mean, there's no way Cincinnati can go on the road here and win this game. Now we probably would like for Cincinnati to win this game if we're looking at it from a Chiefs perspective. But how are they going to win this game in Jacksonville? This is, I will say this: 
this is a game that Jacksonville, they ha- they're this franchise that always has these games. This is a spot where they can't slip up. This is a proven spot that you're a, you're a true AFC contender where you're not slipping up in this spot. If this was Bengals at Chiefs, Monday Night Football at Arrowhead, I don't think the Chiefs lose. They're a legit player in the AFC. Jacksonville's got to take care of business here, and I think they do, and I think they probably do it comfortably, Blaine. Yeah, Jacksonville coming off a huge win at Houston, and yes. then they're coming home. That's I mean, that game alone told me a lot about Jacksonville. I mean, they, they beat Tennessee at home handily. Then they go to Houston and went up after getting drummed now, by the 49ers. Blaine, now, Blaine, I will say this. I made this point after that 49ers loss about Jacksonville. All their big games, I would classify this as a big home game. Their yeah. big home games this year, Blaine, they have very, very underperformed. And yeah, no. Don't take anything away. If Cincinnati's defense can somehow figure out a way to get after Trevor, they can mm-hmm. make it scrappy. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's next point I had was that Cincinnati can't stop the pass. I mean, they can't. They're top 10 worst in the league after losing Bell and Bates because I confused the two earlier in this pot. I'll just combine them to say that Cincinnati doesn't have either, and they're hurting because of it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence with this core, Ridley dropped a few passes last week. He's He's been iffy over the last few weeks. But if they can get Ingram Ridley going, Jacksonville is a factor in the AFC playoff race, and Jacksonville is one of the best football teams in the AFC. I have no problem saying it, and they should have no problem getting after Browning. Josh Allen has been amazing, guys. I don't have stats on sacks per year this year, who leads the NFL in sacks. But I feel like he's at the top five. I, I, I'm going to look it up while while you go, Johnny. Two huge plays by Josh Allen, too, as I alluded to. So good. Last week. Um, the, the Bengals are now just the Jets. That's all they are. They have a good defense-ish pass rush. And they have Jake Browning. He's terrible. I mean, their backup is A.J. McCarron. I mean, they, I, no, there's nothing about the Bengals that I like here. Chandler, you're right. It'd be great if they could sneak a game uh, away from the Jags here, but no, that's, that's, that's not happening. Quick thought I had, though. So the Bengals are obviously their season's over. Have we now seen the last of T. Higgins in a Bengals jersey? He's not playing this week. What's, what's the point of him coming back? I don't know. I feel like they got to pay him. They didn't pay a lot of guys on that defense last year or this year, I guess you could say. But I feel like that's a guy they have to have back, and they don't have a lot of guys they can pay on the other end, so they got to pay him. I don't think free agency. This is a different tangent, but wide receiver free agency for the Chiefs to pick somebody up does not look good because teams need Bengals need T Higgins, and a lot of other teams need the guys that are on free agency. Ridley free agency, Jags need him too. So it's a weird wide receiver free agency market, and I think T Higgins comes back. I could just see T. Higgins just riding off into the sunset of Carolina because Dave oh, Tepper yeah. wants a wide receiver one, and he will pay him what Cincinnati can't because they have to pay Burrow and Chase. Yeah, quality thought. Um, all right, well, I, just, I got the I got the Jags at eight. Yeah, I'll take the Jags here. That's all. Stat on this: Josh Allen fifth in the NFL in sacks with twelve. Garrett, Mack, Watt, Daniel Hunter above him with 13 so yeah he's right there i mean he's he's dominating football games this year who leads he'll dominate this one is it chris jones or is it carloftis uh i can't i'll have to look it up i'll bring it back here on the yeah i'll lead it i'll I'll bring it up on the packers talk great segue into 
the final matchup of the slate to close out the show. Sunday night football in the frozen tundra. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Johnny Rowe will have boots on ground in Cheeseland. It's going to be an awesome, awesome aesthetic uh, before we even get into the game. You know, I remember that Chiefs game at Lambeau with Alex Smith. Completely different atmosphere now. Patrick Mahomes' first trip to Lambeau. There's going to be awesome storylines throughout the game. Probably going to be some good segments maybe leading into the game on Football Night in America with Patrick, I would have to imagine. It's just going to have everything that you need in a Sunday Night Football matchup, and especially in two teams that need to continue to win. Green Bay has got to win this game. I think that says a lot about this football game. That crowd is going to be fired up. The Super Bowl champions are going to be in town. What better way to get their season really rolling than with a win against the Kansas City Chiefs? And I think that says a lot about the number here. Packers plus six, over under 42 and a half. I think that Vegas kind of sees that maybe the, the, if I'm being unbiased here, I think maybe Vegas sees it as, the Chiefs have a one-off against a really bad Raiders team. And we can't forget, guys, the struggles this team has had. I know we love what we saw last week. I think it continues. I hope it continues. But it could not. And there could be a serious dogfight in the frozen tundra on Sunday Night Football. Johnny, I want to open it up to you first here. Um, just your thoughts on the game. You know, you're going to be there. I'm, I'm, I'm really curious on what you're anticipating on the field. Good buddy of mine, as mentioned earlier, is Packers fan. Um, he is worried that Pacheco is going to absolutely gash them. Their run defense has not been very good. And uh, they're, they look to be getting Jair Alexander back. He was limited today, but he's missed a lot of time this year. Um, so if, you know, if, if they're going to put somebody on Rasheed Rice, it, it would be him. Um, but I'm not really sure you know, what, what, what they're going to be able to do to stop the running game. If the chiefs keep up their commitment to it, you know, I think what, it was 15 carries or so for Pacheco last week with Clyde yeah. sprinkled in there. And so um, with Jarek being DNP, I, I think they're going to have to obviously lead with the run game. Like we've been saying, um, I, I, I kind of think a little bit differently Chandler. I don't know why, but I, I, I think that Raiders game might be, might just be, you know, I'm not saying that they're going to be the 2018 Chiefs, but they're on offense. But it, it, it was some good medicine for them to kind of like, like a basketball reference, just see one go in, like just to see the ball go through the hoop. Like it was good for the Chiefs to battle back against adversity like that. And um, I, I just think this this could be a game where the Chiefs just play a really good sound four quarters of football, run run the ball on offense, and do enough there to score, and then their defense. In, in those conditions against Jordan Love with both of the running backs banged up, um, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones DNP today, I just, you know, even if they go, that's not a good sign that they're not practicing early in the week. So my, my, my initial thoughts is that I just absolutely love the Chiefs here. I like the Chiefs and the over here. I, you get the – you get the Packers at the worst possible spot of the year. I mean, guys, they've played really good over the last two weeks. Played the Chargers really well, beat the Lions. I mean, there, there's there's a point here where their defense has been a lot, lot better. And it worries me a little bit. I mean, they gave 244 up to the Chargers through the air. 244. Chargers can throw the ball around the yard. That offense is legit. And 
Does that worry me a little bit about what the Chiefs has done through the air? Yeah. This is a week where the Chiefs have to prove it again. Hey, Rashid, you have a big game? Yeah. Let me see it one more time. Travis, you're going to get doubled? Let me see it one more time. This is a game where I was texting a Chiefs fan and made a really, really good point about Patrick Mahomes. And during this part of the year is where you have to start making your case as Patrick Mahomes, one of the best players in the league, as the MVP front runner. It's up in the air. Packers have played well. This is where you do it. I mean, without a wide receiving core that's done well, with Rasheed Rice, question mark, Justin Watson, who is it? You have to go into this game and dominate this football game as Patrick Mahomes if you want to continue to be the king of the NFL. This is it. This is your point. This is the point where the Chiefs continue to say, hey, we're here. We're the dynasty. Jaden Reed, some of these guys on the Packers, Watson looked good last week. A lot of these Packers young stars have gotten – have got really, really good over the last few weeks, guys. Like they, the Packers are young and they have been explosive over the last few weeks. This is a test. This is a test more than a lot of common fans thinks it's test. Show it, show it. Spags, let me see it. Patrick, let me see it. This is a tough football game for the Kansas City Chiefs in the tundra. Sunday night football. Jordan Love too. I think it's a, also you know side point a big game for him. Spotlight he has not been good this year outside of Thanksgiving, can we get after Jordan Love and make him look like a rookie, which he's obviously not a rookie, but for playing purposes, I I, I feel like we qualify him as a rookie. Can we get after Jordan Love and make him look uncomfortable? And can Pat Mahomes look like the MVP? That's the difference. And I really think that the Chiefs have a good, good spot here to go in and look at a hot Green Bay team and dominate them. I think we're going to dominate this football game. What's the line here? What we got, Chandler? I had it six. six, six. Yeah, give me a touchdown, Chiefs. Touchdown, Chiefs. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think a huge X factor is this Chiefs defense. Of course, going into this game, you would think the Chiefs defense is better than the Packers offense, and I think Johnny nailed it when he said we got to get after Jordan Love, and he's absolutely right. Blaine, you said I think you lipped it that George Karloftis is leading the team in sacks or something like that. Yeah, so stat from what we were just talking about, George Karloftis, 15th in the NFL, which is tied for a lot of guys. So it goes like a bunch tied for third, a bunch tied for 10th, a bunch tied for 13th. But George Karloftis tied with Danico Autry and Nick Bosa for 15th in the league with eight sacks. Chris Jones, seven and a half, 18th in the league. Wow. So it's 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 going to be interesting up there um, on Sunday Night Football. Anybody, John, do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, I MBS think revenge game. Nice, obviously. nice, yeah. MBS revenge game. Uh, the stat that you brought up on Monday, Johnny, was hilarious where he had less yards <laughs> on uh, Sunday afternoon than he did in the Monday night game, and he had no yards on Monday night. <laughs> yeah, one last point, too. A.J. Dillon with that groin, maybe questionable, is a huge factor in this football game. If you don't have Dylan, who has been their bell cow after they've had some injury at that position, that's a massive factor in this football game because I don't think Jordan Love can drop back and throw it 42 times to beat the Chiefs. He just just simply can't with our secondary. So watch A.J. Dillon's health throughout the next few days. Really well said. Uh, awesome NFL week 13 preview episode, Johnny and Blaine. Appreciate you guys as always some good games. We learned about in this slate. I think it's going to be a good week of NFL football as it always is. Um, awesome matchups. You're right, Johnny. I'm really jealous. You're going to be watching that game. 
Um, have fun up there, dude. Oh, yeah. And well, not just that, but also watching Philadelphia and San Francisco and Titletown. You know that Green Bay, all those fans hate hate both of those teams. Yeah. So that means that you could probably make some Green Bay friends before entering the stadium before they become our enemy. Um, so that'll be a good that'll be a good vibes for sure. Enjoy that time. Figure it out pod recap show Monday. Blaine's got a final point. Just boots on the ground. Look for figure it out podcast Twitter. Just Twitter search figure it out pod. I'm sure Johnny's going to have pictures for us of watching. Hopefully there are those large snowflakes that you're talking about, Johnny, coming down. But I'm really looking forward to seeing your pictures live from Lambeau Sunday night. On I'll take a picture of the scoreboard at the end when it says Chiefs 35, Packers 10. Nice. Wow. I love that. Maybe get pictures throughout the day, like a little Green Bay in the morning outside of the hotel vibe. Yeah. No business trip. I want to see it. I do want to see it. Give me, give me some vibe. See how much reds in that stadium. Content. We need some content from the frozen tundra for sure. All right, boys. Awesome episode. We will talk to you on Monday for the recap show. Hopefully, Chiefs victory Monday, and we will uh, break it all down for the listeners as always. Boys, appreciate your time. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. Chiefs.